Thanks for coming to hang out with us today. Rug Up Buttercup is a podcast hosted by Deployed Love. We chat about real things that military families deal with and help you to love the call to action. So you know the drill. Rug Up Buttercup. I can't believe it's already April. And as you guys know, it's deployed love. We are all about celebrating the military child and the month of the military child. So that's what we do in April. We celebrate the tiniest heroes in our, our little family of the military, the ones that are so resilient and they go through way more challenges than we even think about. So we're here to celebrate them this month. Yes. And I love that people take the time to spend an entire month recognizing these little munchkins um, because they 100% deserve it. As a military child myself, I have experienced all those ups and downs of being a military kid and how that can really affect military kids. So, and there's a lot of those ups and downs, like they go through so many different emotions and trials throughout their life. So today we have a very special guest. She has 12 years of experience. She is a mama of two with one on the way. Welcome to the podcast, Athens. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. We're really happy to see you and to talk to you about it. Can you tell us a little bit about what your background is and like what your experience with the military family and community is? Yeah, absolutely. So I am an Air Force spouse of 12 years. Um, We've had eight permit change stations. And I also work for the Air Force, but I do so as a civilian, a GS employee. And I'm a budget analyst. So it's like completely different than being an author and being creative and stuff like that. We recently, well, I would say probably within uh, the past two years, moved to Tampa from Montgomery, Alabama. And it was during the height of the pandemic and everything was just like closed down. It was scary. We had to pretty much pick out our house virtually and set everything up completely virtual. So it was just a really different experience from my previous PCSs. And also um, majority of it, I was pregnant with my daughter, Calista. So I ended up having her. And then literally seven days later, um, we moved down to Tampa. So it was just a completely crazy different situation, uh, lots of heightened emotions and everything like that. But um, while we were preparing to get ready for the PCS, my son Atticus's preschool was closed down like everything else in the city. So I had him home with me a lot and I was just trying to keep him as entertained as I could by like going outside constantly and reading to him. And I was looking for books uh, to be able to help him out with the PCS since like this was the first one that he was going to start to remember and plus also too like his school completely closed abruptly like he didn't get to say goodbye to teachers friends all that so um when I was looking for a book and everything like that I couldn't really find anything like geared to like super young kids it seemed like mostly majority of the books were uh deployment based or um just like dealing with the separation from a parent something like that So initially um, I started to just put together a little book that I could just tell them like story time. And I just wanted to keep it like internally with our family and some close friends and everything like that. But as more of my friends and family started reading it, they saw it as like a resource that would be able to help other families in similar situations. So um, I waited till initially we actually got to Tampa 
And then since I was up all the time, constantly with a newborn anyway, I started to put it together more in a formal um, format and researching how to get an illustrator, editor, get published and all that. And then long story short, just everything came together. And from there, I just started launching it. And um, I have a background in marketing. So I do all my own marketing and everything like that too. And then uh, six months later, I put out a second book um, in the same series, The Military Child Chronicles. I think what you're doing is awesome. I think that kids, there are some deployment books and they're usually about just deployments. You don't see it about the yeah. other things that military kids go through. I mean, they have to yeah. validate those other yeah. feelings that they feel during all the, all the different cycles of military life for sure. Oh yeah. It's a lot. I really feel for military kids and they're just so strong and resilient and they don't even realize it. Like they don't. And it, and that's like the crazy thing, because like, we always say like military kids are so resilient, but like, they also struggle with those really strong emotions. So having something that they can connect in their own way to know like, Oh, okay. So these feelings are not just me. Cause sometimes they don't mm-hmm. necessarily voice those to us. And I mean, I know for myself that I wasn't very voicious about my feelings of moving all the time. And, and I moved Y'all, if y'all are listening, I moved all the time as a kid. I mean, by the time I was 18, I probably had moved 18 times. I moved almost every single year in my high school. Um, You know, younger, when I was younger, I didn't move as much, but I vividly remember every single time we left, like from the time that I entered grade school, even before that, I remember, like, I remember each and every move. Um, I remember the feelings of saying goodbye to friends, the feelings of, am I going to make new friends where I go? Am I going to be able to play sports? Am I going to find people that like the same things as me? And I'd always been an extrovert type of person mm-hmm. um, because I had to be, because I had to meet people yeah. all the time. And I think that's one really benefiting thing about a military child is is they're kind of thrown into being extroverts even if they are an introvert internally they are more likely to be that kid at the playground or at school saying hey you want to be my friend oh yeah absolutely even with my son Atticus he's um three and a half but I just noticed like he'll go up to people and say hi and like if there's like another kid around his age even if the kid's older like he'll start Mm -hmm. to play with them and include them so I'm they already find somebody they, find, they can find one person to connect with wherever they are. And that's how my oldest is too. Like, I'm always mm-hmm. like, you don't know what a stranger is. Um, I don't know if this is a good quality or a bad quality, <laughs> yeah. but he will go up and talk to anyone, whether it's another adult. I mean, he, obviously we've talked about stranger danger. Like you don't go with anybody, things like yes. that, but he has no issue striking a conversation up with another person. And it's funny. Cause I'm like, I was the same way. Um, the exact same way. Like everyone would know who I was. Like, they'd be like, Oh, that's so-and-so's daughter. She's a chatty Kathy, like <laughs> <laughs> always there to help. But, um, I think that's something very unique of military kids is that they are able to adapt yes, and connect with people in a way that other kids cannot. Oh, very true. And even like adults that, um, like you who were military children and stuff like that, I can kind of pick up on 
the vibe that they were one right away when I just noticed certain characteristics. Oh, like we're they a whole different everyone. breed. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're breeding ourselves. <laughs> it's amazing. It is really a great opportunity. Well, I think some of that also comes from they get to see their parent, whoever that military member is, their mom or their dad, in those leadership roles constantly too. So they're seeing how do I yes. interact with other people? How how does he hold himself more responsible than just an average civilian? I think that 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 pride of being a military child is part of that too. Like they know that they are part of something really cool. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I remember 9-11 and I remember like when my dad was like saying, Hey, like I have to go. Um, you know, I remember feeling that really big sense of like, my dad's doing good. Um, he's protecting other people around the world. And like, I'm really proud. And I think that's when my, understanding military life kind of like exploded because like beforehand mm-hmm. I was just like oh dad's um, at work dad's at work or dad's yeah. training um before that point which for me was was um the seventh grade when 9-11 happened um I think prior to that like I had the knowledge of like my dad's here or my dad's there but like it really wasn't it never really clicked on like mm-hmm. he's in a dangerous situation or he is um doing big things for the community for the USA and everything like that so um I think that's all important to say be- to also say about kids is like up until a certain point they don't fully grasp it they just know that no. their parents job um like my son tells people like when he's rapidly deployed the last few times over the last couple of years he tells my dad's fighting bad guys. Like he's going to protect other people and he's, he's taking, he's taking care of is the way he would re- refer to it. Um, Cause I didn't like to use the word of like violence or kill or anything like that with him explaining to him. I just said, daddy's fighting the bad guys. And he just knows that that's what he does. Does he know the full realm of how serious those matters were? Not really. Um mm-hmm. And that's a whole like next step of like kids understanding that and emotions they have to deal with. It's a wave. I feel like it's a wave. Like they understand it and then they don't. And then they get the full spectrum. And those are a whole different set of emotions and obstacles that they have to face. And so how do you help those kids who are going through those moments of support? How do you help them come to an okay place in their mind of what their parent is doing, why their parent is missing birthdays and Christmases. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where my kids are getting to right now. Like they're getting to that age where they're like, why is dad not here for this? Yeah. They're noticing it. Like yep. why, why is dad gone again? I'm like, I don't know. That's just the life <laughs> of the military, but um, they're starting to question that. And so that's just another set of things that we have to teach them and it's like a constant, like evolving wheel. Like there's always something that's changing in their lives. And that's, oh, always. Unfortunately, yeah. the bad part about being a military kid is change is so constant that sometimes they don't feel connected to the outside world because they're consistently being pulled out of it in every different way. Mm-hmm. And it's also difficult too. Like, um, for example, the assignment that we're at now, we're in McDillan, Tampa. And we came down here and we didn't know anyone. And, you know, just even like with a pandemic and everything like that, I still haven't really met any other spouses. 
Um, luckily my kids were able to get preschool slots on base. So they're able to have other friends that are in the same situation. But like when we initially started down here, they were going off base. Um, we live off base too. So they weren't really around other kids that are in the same scenario as them. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, so a lot of bases, a lot of the schools around local bases have a program for military kids. I really wish this was around when I was a kid. Um, I don't remember this being around when I was a kid, so I don't know if it was, um, but now they have like these little support groups and I don't know if it's at all installations, but I, I've heard at it. I've heard that it's at majority of the, the larger ones, um, Mm -hmm. where they have a liaison of type that goes into the school system and they just sit down and chat with the kids. Like once a month, once every couple of weeks, they pull all the military kids out. They can just talk about what they want and it gives them an opportunity to connect with other military kids, especially when they, they don't live on posts or on base. They, they live outside of that, connect with those other kids that are like-minded. Um, and I love that because I would have loved having that when I lived off post, like growing up, we never lived on installations. So um, knowing those other kids that were going through the same type of things would have been huge in my opinion. So oh if, yeah, if you have access to those, I highly suggest putting your kids into it. It's free. They're only taken out for lunch to eat lunch as a group. And it, it really can be really yeah. my daughter when she was still public school, loved those because she doesn't know who those people are in the community. She may kind of, because I know that our schools being so close to brag do military appreciation things. And, you know, those, they're, their soldiers come in in uniform here and there. And she had an idea for those people, but she may not have known how to reach out and connect to them. So that liaison coming in, having a military liaison who came in, and I think it was only once a month. And they just, yeah, I think it's only once a month. They talked or they read a book together or they did something that was interactive. It could have been something like your book. So it'd have been wonderful for them to bring in, yeah. especially in the elementary school age where they can be like, hey, this month we're going to talk about PCSing that some of you may be moving this summer. What does that look like? How do we feel about that? Um, so I think that it's useful. I think that, that there needs to be more, yeah. <laughs> there needs to be more available to those kids like that. Yeah. And like encouraging your kids to talk about those feelings. Um, like, you know, are you sad about moving? Like when we moved, um, we didn't move PCS. We just moved from one side of town to the other. So he moved school system or moved schools. And so like when we were preparing for it, I was just like, Hey bud, like, are you going to be sad that you're leaving the school? Are you going to, you know, are you going to be okay? Um, I think he was more okay because it was during COVID and he had been mostly virtual. So like, it really didn't bother yeah. him. He never really physically got to, I mean, he met some of the kids, like, um, I think he met like nine of his classmates for like three weeks before we moved. Like they went back to half day, but they staggered them. And so I think he was okay with that. But like, I know that I kind of wish my parents had given me choices in the matter of like where we were going or how we were going to move. Like, you know, Hey, we're moving. This is what we're going to do. Like we're going to pack everything up. And then as a family, we're going to decide what we're going to do between this point and this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and like I said, I moved a lot. So a lot of it was career focused for my dad. And I understand I absolutely hated it. I absolutely hated it growing up. Um, I hated that I went to a different high school every single year. I hated that I had to start at the bottom every time I went to a new school for sports. Yeah. Um, I hated that I had to like prove my, my worth. Um, as an adult, I don't hate it. Yeah. 
as an adult, I look back and I'm like, that's what shaped me to who I am today. Did I like it? No. Do I want to put my kids through that? No. But if I didn't go through those each steps, I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't be married to my, my, my husband. Um, and I wouldn't have the knowledge and the skills that I have if it wasn't for that. So at the moment it was like the worst, like, I'm like, you're making me move again. And it wasn't like even moving like from like one side of town to the other. It was Germany, Texas, Germany, North Carolina. So they were huge moves to point where I, I didn't know anybody. And, um, I always joke. So that was when Harry Potter came out, like each book, each summer. Um, so those moves were always there. So those were my friends. Um, I would get the book and I would save the book until we were moving. And I would read the book on our way to like, I mean, flying overseas. So like I would read the book on the flight and things like that. So, um, but my mom always encouraged me to find that outlet type of thing, um, to find my place. So like, I became a big, big person in reading books. My sisters did the same thing. We read a lot of books. Um, and we just played outside all the time. That was before, you know, TV and games and all that type yeah. of stuff. So we were really like outdoorsy, um, kids. Um, and it helped us make friends really quickly. Like we quickly were like, oh, there's kids down the street. Let's go outside and play to make friends. But I don't think I would be as an extrovert person if it wasn't for all, for me moving around so much. Oh yeah. And also too, like I just noticed with um like other spouses and everything, if a spouse is new or they tend to be introverted, they're kind of closed off from getting to know people. So like in turn, their children are affected from that as well. Yeah. So I think just like as a whole, like to be able to provide military families with more support emotionally. And we actually do have a ton of resources out there. It's just a matter of being able to sort through them and find them. Yeah. And sometimes you find them, like if you're looking for a career change or a job search or something like that, you're just overwhelmed. So just having it like in a uniformed way that is easy for others to be able to decipher and everything like that would make a huge difference. And that was one of the things why, um, with the book, um, especially, uh, mission, my first PCS, I put in like little tips of family activities to create bonding and to get everyone talking about it. Cause I think as a parent, at least like from my perspective, when I'm nervous about things, I don't like showing that necessarily to my kids, Mm -hmm. but at the same time too, like it also validates your kids' emotions and feelings. So we just need to be more comfortable about expressing that. Yeah. I think it's important to have conversations like, Mm -hmm. because if anything, if you don't have those conversations, no matter what age, like, I mean, we're parents, so we're going to make the best decision for the family but not having those conversations are going to make them not feel included. And it's going to make them feel like you're just doing what you want to do and not what's best for them. They don't understand that in their little brains. Like they honestly don't. So having those conversations and saying, Hey, daddy's daddy or mommy's in the military. This means that every so often we have to move to a different duty station. This is what it's going to look like. You know, we know that this is scary. We know this is upsetting how can we make this better? Like, can we make a trip out of it? Like, you know, we're moving from one side mm-hmm. of the country to the other. Do you want a road trip? Are we going to fly? Let them in on those decisions and it's going to make them feel included, which is going to make your life way easier. They're going to feel part of that. Oh trip. yeah. 
Yeah, and, and even if it's something where they can't make it part of the decision, like it has to yeah. come down to career or whatever, be open door about it. Be like, hey, this is what's going to happen. The move's going to suck. I'm sorry that it's happening in the middle of the school year. Uh, but here, let's pick out your favorite 10 things. We're going to pack that in your suitcase. Those are coming with us directly. That's going to be with you through this whole move. You don't have to worry about whether it's going to be at the new house because you're going to carry it with you. Or yeah. I mean, there's just so many ways that you can make them feel like, they had an option whether they do or not like whether it's comes exactly down to even think about they can be like yeah I didn't like that move but I had this book with me I had my friend's picture in my pocket and I had that connection throughout the entire move exactly exactly I think like also like if you're talking about PCSing with your kids I'm like that's just one obstacle kids have to deal with but like also include them like do a project like you find out where you're going you guys research look for things that you guys are going to do as soon as you get there um no my kids aren't old enough yet but like our next duty station they will be then our next our Mm -hmm. next they're going to be aware of where we're going and so that's at that point we're going to take okay we're moving to here these are all the cool things that we get to go do in this new, in our new home. This is what we can see. This is what we can do. This is where we're going to live. Let them help you pick a house. Like if you're looking at rentals, um, yeah. Hey guys. And that's what I did this last move. Um, like, even though we were only moving across town, I was just like, Hey, what do you guys think about this house? Like, do you guys like it? And they were like, yeah. I mean, my son was said yes about everything, but, um, it was so <laughs> pick their room though, you know, like, yeah. they well, and that's and what I did. Devlin got to go in. I mean, Claire's little. So like, I was like, she's not going to get to pick this year, but Devlin, I was like, okay, these are the two rooms you get to pick which one you want. And he got to pick the one he wanted. And I was like, okay, that's your room. No, we're not changing it. And so he got to be like the, he tried to pick my room, but I was like, you can't pick this. Room. <laughs> <They all do. laughs> this is, this is the master. This is mommy and daddy's room, but you get to pick any of these that you want. And so he really enjoyed that. Cause then he was like, oh, I get to do this. And I asked him like, where do you want to put your bed? And like all that kind of stuff. So he got to feel connected in that move. And that was just a small way for me to help him at his age. But like next time I'm like, okay, let's okay, we're going here. Like, let's look at all the cool places we can visit. And I think that's a really good way to get them connected. Um, but that's just one of the things that our kids deal yeah. with, like, you know, we, they might not move, but their friends are moving consistently. Like mm-hmm. how, how do you help your kids, um, deal with that and connect with those other military kids? Because those are the ones who tend to gravitate towards those are the ones that they're making friends with. And, um, that's a toughy one because like, obviously like when we were kids, I remember writing letters. Like I remember physically (laughs) writing letters and sending it in the mail because we didn't really have phones. Like cell phones were really not that big when I was younger. So nowadays we have like phones and social media, Mm -hmm. but like at what point, where do you like, you know, not all kids have that. So how are you guys, um, how do you guys suggest other military kids connect with those other military kids? Because it's not a very large community. If you think about it, it's a very small world. And at some point they're going to see each other again. So like keeping those connections is always really important in my opinion, because at some point they may be at the same installation again and they can rekindle that relationship. Yeah. So do you guys like I'm a bit- to have social media accounts or how does that work? So obviously like my kids are super young and, um, 
I don't allow them to have social media accounts, but I make an effort to get to know um, the parents of their friends and their teachers. And I connect with them through whether it's like Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, just to keep that communication going and everything like that. So it's great because like some people like, um, for example, like one of my really good friends, um, Atticus calls her son, like his brother and they're now in Hawaii and we're here in Florida, but like, they still are able to connect and have a relationship that way. And obviously like, I still talk to his mom because she's one of my really good friends. So just making that extra effort to make sure that like, you're keeping your kid in the loop and everything like that. And even if you don't want to necessarily have the social media, if you just collect the emails of the parents and reach out to them, like around the holidays or just to see where they're currently living or what, on the game plan for next year and everything like that I I think make a huge difference it comes down to us being responsible especially as they're younger it's hard to keep on that many relationships ourselves but you have to for your kids sake especially once they're elementary school age and they had that Mm -hmm. connection that wasn't just inside of your house you know that they had their own connection you have to be responsible enough to be like hey I know that we're moving and I'm going to continue to email your friend's mom And we're going to, if we're traveling through, we'll stop by and say, hi, if we're, you know, you want to talk to them on your birthday, we'll make sure they get a phone call. You have to help them keep those relationships at the young elementary age. They can't do it themselves. They don't have social media. They don't even know how to write. I was curious what you guys were going to say, because I think it is important that parents keep those connections because majority of the time we've already connected with that parent. Since our kids are connecting, we've already connected to them somehow or another. So Um, And a lot of times they become that army family, military family, whatever branch you are there, they become that second family. So you're probably already keeping in contact with them. But um, I love the idea of like on birthdays and stuff, like you can make those phone calls, you can send, like have them make the birthday cards and send them birthday cards and things like that, especially for those friends that they've really connected to, Mm -hmm. um, which is really important. Um, I did that. I would write letters when one of my um, best friends, um, when we were stationed overseas, when she moved back stateside, I was, I was really like, I remember that was my first like devastating, like upset about like a friend moving. And my parent, mine, I was like, we're never going to talk to each other because like, how are we going to, how are we going to communicate with each other? Like, you know, we don't even have a phone at home type of thing. And my mom's just like, just write letters. You guys, Cause I think we, um, we had journaled, like we would write in a journal and then we pass it off to each other, kind of like notes back and forth, like throughout the day. And so she's like, just continue doing that. But instead you're just going to write a letter and send it. So we did that. We did that for, um, like two years before, like we were able to kind of like connect via email and, um, yeah. we're, still, we're still friends on Facebook and stuff like that, um, throughout the year. And I, I love seeing what she does. Um, and that's another thing is military kids, like some of my closest friends to date are friends from when I was a military kid. And we've, oh, and that's some, great. Of them, some of them, we haven't even seen each other in years. And there's still some, like, I still consider them some of my greatest friends that like, I would drop anything if I had to, if they needed me, if they, um, you know, they're the people that I'm planning like trips with and things like that. They were military friends when I was younger. And, um, that's who I've connected with the most because we've gone through similar experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that my 
she ended up becoming one of my best friends, but her son and my daughter in preschool were inseparable, inseparable to the point. That's how we became friends because the teacher was like, these two do everything together. <laughs> like you guys Aww. need to talk to each other because they should probably be hanging out outside of school too. Like they are just loved each other. And so she's moving here in November and my daughter is so excited. That's she's exciting. had a picture of him on her like nightstand since then. And Aww. because I had that friendship with her, with his mom, we, we can bring that back together with them moving here where they can just pick up right where they left off and they have that friendship. So she's, she's, I've never seen her more excited about something. She's like, is it, how long is it till November? How long is it? And I'm like, I love, and that's what, and that's what I meant. Like military community is, it it, it really is small, especially depending on your MOS. Like there's only so many places you guys will go. So like, if you guys are in similar MOS is like, you're going to see each other at some point. I mean, the amount of times I've run into people at different installations blows my mind. Um, you know, I've run into people that I haven't seen in 15 years, randomly just shopping through the PX or, um, commissary. And so it really is. I'm, I will say, I'm really happy the teacher did that too. Um, I think, I think that's really important that, you know, even just having that conversation with your kids, like saying like, Hey, if you have a friend at school that you really really want to connect more with if you guys want to think play dates outside of school encourage that and then reach out to your kids teachers and say hey like can you give my information because they probably won't give you their information but you can say can you give my information to so-and-so's parents mm-hmm. and that way they can reach out to me because they're such good friends and I would love to get them together to go play dates and things like that because I know I would appreciate that like if a parent reached out to me and said hey our kids are such good friends because how else are you going to connect with those parents, especially like if they're in grade school? Oh they yeah, yeah. That and well, in, you know, recent years they're not even letting parents into the school, so like I can't even like go have lunch with my kid and be like, "Hey, who are your friends?" Like it's all like what he tells me. So making those, making the effort to reach out to your kids' friends' parents will really help them feel connected in other ways. So you definitely have to put in the work. And I know some parents are not that way. They're just like, I don't really want to get to know. Yeah. And stuff like that. And I get that, but it's not about you. Exactly. <laughs> but the likelihood is if they are military, you're going to connect. You're going to connect person. in another way. We became yeah. best friends and yeah. we found out that we lived like two blocks away from each other. So then we were able to walk to each other's houses and especially when it comes to school like obviously they're going to be in your school districts they are going to live close to you yeah we just ended up having a connection of someone that I didn't have to go across town to visit we could just wake up and walk to school together or whatever it was and it's amazing school's a good way to make those friends for yourself too yeah so we've talked about kids um during PCSing we've talked about kids like being left behind type of thing what is another topic that you guys think that is really not talked about or um, maybe that is talked about, but like, isn't really focused on for military kids. Like what else do you think kids really struggle with that? Uh, I would say extended family. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a relationship that civilians don't understand. No, my my kids don't know their grandparents as well as their cousins. They don't, they get a visit once a year where they get to see them. And that's, we live across the country. That's the reality. And that's been the reality their whole life. And people don't know that they don't know that these kids, that's what huge resiliency. They yeah. Do. They don't get you to just call your grandma. Day. You can't go over to grandma's house when you're mad at mom. Like you don't have those options the same as 
an average family would. Yeah. And I, well, and I think it's kind of like a two-part thing too, because like, I, I had a really good relationship with my grandparents, but that's because my parents shipped me off to my grandparents every summer. So I spent the majority of the summers with my grandparents, um, which was great. Cause I loved it. Um, like that was what I looked forward to every year. Like I didn't get to go to like summer camps or anything like that, but I got to go to my grandparents' house. So I had a really good relationship with my grandparents. So I think like having grandparents that will take that, especially if you're a military kid and you live across the country or something like that, that they open their homes, like saying, Hey, we want the kids for X amount of time during the summer. Um, but that's also not always the case. Like you can't like, you know, being able to afford it. Um, I mean, thankfully, I mean, majority of my childhood, we were stationed here at Fort Bragg and my grandparents live in Knoxville, Tennessee. So it's only a six hour drive. So it wasn't as difficult for us to meet halfway or my mom to drive us all the way and then come back. Um, so that's why I think we had such a good relationship, but like when we lived overseas, those last five years of middle school, high school, I didn't get to see my grandparents all that often. And I, I missed out on a lot of years, which was really tough because we couldn't afford to fly over multiple times. We didn't get to go home for Christmas. We didn't get to go home for Easter or anything like that. So, um, and you're right. I think a lot of people don't understand that they they don't have that same connection. Yeah. Like they love yeah, their cousins, and I think- but they don't get to go see their cousins every weekend. Yeah. For sure. And I think it's important um, also too for like civilians to, not only the civilians, but um, military families to understand the importance of setting up a military community where you're living. Um, I hit on that in my second book, Mission Mistletoe, where uh, my family's geographically distanced for the holidays and the grandparents are supposed to come, but there's a storm, so they can't come. So everyone's kind of stuck. And now they got to figure out like how to celebrate the holidays and still have fun, but with their military community. So um, like, I know for me, like, especially just even like with like my birth plan for this um, baby that I'm going to be having in a couple of weeks, like Luckily, like I have some friends I've made along the way that I'm able to rely on them for just in case, like if my dad's not able to be here to help out with like watching the kids while I'm in the hospital and everything like that. So, um, as I would say that I'm pretty introverted, but this lifestyle has made me be more extroverted. It's made me try to reach out and have more friends that are whether they're civilian or just um, military families as well that are in my local community that I'm able to lean on since my actual um, family's not able to always be here. Yeah, that's really important. If um, And we've touched a lot. We touch about that all the time because that's like all of what Deployed Love is, is like we're here to make that connection and, and help you find your tribe. Um, it's I think it's also important to set those boundaries of during the holidays. To, like you don't have to always be the one that travels. Um, yes. I'm really fortunate that my in-laws are completely fine traveling to us. Um, we went to their house this past Christmas. Um, but you know, when we were stationed elsewhere, they came to us and I, I really appreciate that they knew that it was more difficult for us to come to them than it was for them to come to us. And I, I love entertaining. So I love having people come. So like, I don't mind that, but like, it's more stressful for me to pack up 
all our crap gifts and everything oh yeah like travel like this like when I because I knew we were going to my in-laws for Christmas this past year like physically thinking of gifts like how are we going to get all of this home like how are we going to get everything in the vehicle because again we're pretty fortunate like my my parents and my in-laws both live four hours away so we're really close to our in my our our family um at our current duty station so um, it's not as big as a task to go visit them, but like Christmas, I was like, okay, like I can't do that because there's no way we're going to get it home. They can't do this. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be smaller items that we can like unbox everything and then throw in a bag that's going to fit in the car with two kids and two dogs and two adults. So, yep. um, but like that alone was so stressful that like having to do that every year or, to, or have family be like, you have two weeks off from, cause usually block leave is usually around the holidays. Yep. Like you should come home and like, this is the, you get block leave like two times a year. Like, yeah, you always have to be going home. (laughs) We don't want to visit family. Like maybe we want to go take a vacation of just us, but it's so hard to tell family that, especially around the holidays, because you feel like the holidays are meant for family. So you have to make sure you know what your boundaries are, what your kids want to do. Like, you know, do you want to be able to spend the holidays? Do you want your kids to be able to see their grandparents? and their cousins for the holidays, or do you want it to be more intimate? And, you know, if people want to come see you, then that's fine, but you're not going out of your way to see other people. Yeah. And we've had like some family, um, they always expect when we come up to, they kind of just like plan our time for us, which we really don't like. Yeah. And then they won't come down to see us. So it's just like, honestly, we got sick of it. So we started to form our own boundaries and everything like that, especially with more kids that we have and everything. But like, yeah, that same thing goes for like friends, um, especially like my civilian friends. Like I would do a lot of traveling to get back home. And then it was like, I was at the mercy of their schedule. Oh, or you had yeah. to go to them. Like they wouldn't, yeah. even you if come you visit me 20 minutes away to you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I am. I used to feel so bad about like not going to family functions. Like I know like my mom's side of the family, um, I made it an effort. Like when my grandmother was still alive because um, like it was a big deal to her, but, um, over the years it's becoming, but I was also still like living at home and stuff. So like, it wasn't like I was having to like jump through, like going by myself or I wasn't living thousands and hundreds of miles away. Like I was fairly close now as an adult, like, okay, like, do I really want to drive seven hours for Easter dinner? I'd love to be there. I would love to be there to see everyone get together, but that's a lot. That's a lot with two young kids. I have to it pay is. for a dog sitter. I have to pay to get there. I'm sleeping on an air mattress or a couch. I'm like, that's not fun. Like, yeah. So yeah. like, and it's it, stressful. It's one of those, like, it is stressful. So like, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, mm, I don't, I don't think we're going to make it. Like, you know, if it lines up to where we're, it's a couple, like if it lines up with like, spring break or something like that, then maybe we can just make it a spring break trip. And it's not like a seven hour drive for two days. Um, and you know, of course, like during the holidays, you're jumping through, like whose side of the family are you visiting this year type of thing. So, um, I, I hope families that are listening who are not the soldier themselves (laughs) spouse knows that we don't intend to do these to hurt you. We just 
can't handle all that stress at times. Well, like, we're also on a military budget. Like, yes, so we don't make, yeah. a lot of money. make that much money. <laughs> like for to expect us every year to be the one that travels to you and with kids and paying, like you said, dog sitting and like that adds up very much so versus just having people over your house. So they need to also think about that though. Like, do you want to help pay for our tickets? That might make it more of a consideration where we're willing mm-hmm. to travel or, you know, that could be the gift is paying for us to come out to see you because you can't expect poor people to fly all the time. We can't do that. I mean, yeah. And we, yes. okay. Yeah. Oh, we've even gotten to the point where it's like some family where we're just like, instead of exchanging the gifts and everything like that, we will get you a ticket to come see us. Cause it's cheaper to just get you instead like, of like our family of like four to go out there. Like, well, and so. I think like that, and then I don't even think family is like actually think that part through because (laughs) it's just like why can't you come see us like you're the one that left you should come home and it's just like why not get out of your small town and come see me like we could go see so many cool things like Fort Bragg like okay Fort Fayetteville North Carolina is not that cool itself (laughs) but the surrounding area there's so much to do and see you know if you've never been to the east coast like it's great like come come out take you to all these different places come see where you're you're soldier works and come see how we're living life here. And so I think it's important. Like I said, I've been really fortunate with my in-laws and my parents. Like they, they're the type that like, you know, if they want us to come home, they tend to purchase our plane tickets for us. Um, like when we were in a lot, when we were in Texas, um, and we didn't drive, like if we came back from like my sister's, my sister-in-law's wedding, like they're like, we'll buy your plane tickets. We'll pay for your hoteling and all that. Like we want you guys to be home type of thing. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah. So we, we have great, we have great parents. So, um, but not everyone has that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, we tend to spend a lot of our holidays with my, um, husband's side of the family, but that's just because my family is usually extremely busy around the holidays due to our business. So we tend to do like the off, the off weeks with them. Um, and that works out now in a couple of years, they won't be so busy. So we'll have to start like alternating who we see each holiday. But again, they're all so super close that it makes it really easy for us. Um, yeah. so you got to set those boundaries, you or your, your parents, it's what's best for your kiddos too. Yeah, and we started talking about like building that military family that, that is when you can't go home, have those people over for Christmas, spend those time with them. Yes. And those are the people, honestly, your kids are going to remember. They're going to remember auntie that they spent cleaning their room. Like my kid's aunt just came over and helped clean. And she's just a military auntie. And she came cleaned the room and reorganized. Like that's going to be something she's going to always remember because that was her family. That was who was here when she needed someone to be mm-hmm. there with her. Yeah. And I think um, even like those, like, so say like you're from like the West coast and you're stationed on the East coast and you have friends that are not stationed at your current installation, but maybe they're down in Georgia, like still like that's closer to like be able to connect. Like neither of you guys can go home and be like, Hey, why don't you come to our house for Christmas or come for Thanksgiving? Yep. Um, make the, like, keep those connections alive and see where that's they are too. Absolutely. Yes. So much fun. I, like, I want to go I on a vacation. I can do it for free by going to my military friend's house and we can stay and go to their beach and their, their yeah. stuff near their town. Yeah. Yes. Always those, those, I love anytime I get to do anything with my family friends, like, you know, whether we do a trip or we're doing, um, holiday, like, um, I'm not, planning on going anywhere for Easter at the moment. I may, but like, if I don't go anywhere, I'm planning on having just, Hey, come over for Easter brunch. Um, yeah. I think my, my husband's going to be gone. So it's one of those, like, 
why not? Like we, I know a bunch of people, I know a bunch of our husbands are going to be gone. So like, why not we just do the holiday together and make it through type of deal. Mm-hmm. The best relationships to have when you have to keep things going. Like you can't just stop what you're doing because your significant other is deployed or at a training. Yeah. Like, especially for your kids sake. Like I, I've seen a lot of spouses where they just kind of like, don't do anything because their significant isn't here. And I'm like, you can't they go back home. Yeah. Like well, they go back home and then that's fine. Like go back home, but like, make sure you continue in those traditions. Don't stop the tradi- traditions just because your significant other is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you start new traditions, find a way to include your significant other while they're gone. So that way, when he comes home, the following year, you guys can keep going type of thing. Like, don't worry about starting or stopping something just because someone's not home. Or yeah, you're not, you gotta or you're not visiting your family. So it's not like relevant type of thing. Yeah. So I want to take it kind of back to, you had mentioned that you wrote books for kids, that these yeah. are some of the things that the military kids we've talked about in this podcast now, but how do your books, you, you started writing them for your kids and how, mm-hmm. like what topics do they cover and stuff like that? So the, I have two, um, the series is called the military child Chronicles. And the first one is mission, my first PCS. And that's about, um, you know, relocating and the emotions and obstacles that you go through as not only just a young child, but the family as well. And, um, the second one mission mistletoe, um, is about how like military families are often geographically separated from their loved ones. And the importance of having a military community for support and everything that you can lean on. So um, there is a third one in the books, but with the newborn, and we actually have an overseas PCS coming up this summer. It's going to be probably put on hold. Yeah, I'm a little busy, but um, it'll probably be on hold until probably like 2023. But um, there's some ideas that I'm playing around with that too, but I'm trying to hit on subjects that our children they go through and also as a family we we also go through it but um I think a lot of times when people just think of military life they automatically just think of deployments or Mm. you know um or just like a parent being gone and like how we discussed too there's just so much more there's being the new kid uh, saying goodbye to your friends like starting over or like what happens when your parent gets out of the military now you have to adjust civilian life like there's just so many different topics so many. that yeah we all go through so yeah it's uh there's definitely a lot of different things that can be touched on that kids go through a lot of emotions mm-hmm. um and I think it's important that there is a way for them to have those feelings validated so I'm really excited I can't wait to check out your books for my two littles and to see what else you write up in yes. your series, because I'm going to assume there's not going to be just three. You're going to keep going. Yeah. Hopefully. Especially too, as my kids get older and everything, mm-hmm. like, because there's issues I'm not even aware of right yeah. now because my kids are so little. Like, so I want it to be something that kind of follows them throughout their experience as a military child. So. I love that. Um, and, you know, here at Deployed Love, we we do so many different types of things, um, whether it's just for spouses or it includes our kids. Um, and we have quite a bit coming up because, you know, April is, you know, military child yeah. month, like we spend the entire yeah. month celebrating. So our, not just our organization, but other organizations are going to do a lot of different things. So make sure you're checking those type of things out in your community. Definitely go to those events because your kids deserve all of the 
hubba bubba, big congratulations, all the love they can get because they really do deserve it. It is not an easy job to be a military kid. I can speak for that. I, I know that there are um, a lot of sacrifices that they do, even though at times they may not realize it, but um, there's, there's so much that goes on, especially if you're near a military community, like a large community, like Fort Bragg. So check those events out here at Deployed Love. I know we have a bunch of events across the country that are being planned just specifically for those military kids. Um, and we're also hosting our annual 5k, um, that's going to be in May for our military kids. So those funds that we raised for that 5k will be 5k fund run will be to go back to reaching those little heroes across the armed forces. And we hope that you guys all want to participate. Um, but yeah, it was really nice for you to come on Athens. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, we also want to point out that we are looking for upcoming guests. That's how we yeah. met Athens. She was interested in coming on because of her books and kind of just worked out really well with the month of the military child. So if you guys are interested in coming on the show, whether you're a military spouse, military mama, you've, if you've listened to the show over the years, you, we've had many different people, veterans, yeah, both of our mil- families, your military brat or whatever, like we, we want to talk to yeah, to our audience. We like to bring the perspective and talk on the hard topics where we can see where that, how that feels for different people in different communities. So reach out to us and we would love to have you on the show. Um, otherwise we look forward to enjoying the rest of this month with all the military kids. And I hope that all of you, if you're listening, military kids, whether you're grown up now or not, um, that, you know, we appreciate you and we celebrate you this month. Otherwise we'll talk to you guys later. Rock up buttercup. <laughs>